Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Get Cute. How exciting. This episode, I am going to be talking to you lovely people about how I solve leak code problems and how I think this is the fastest way to come to a solution that you are able to submit on the site. Before we get into that, however, I have to have my disclaimer. I do cuss in this podcast. I may not present information in a way that is palatable for you. So if you feel that way, this is your way out. Unsubscribe, you can undownload my episodes. You don't have to support me in any way whatsoever. But what I ask you not to do is to tone police me. However, I am open to general critique and I take that well, but tone policing is not the way to go. Now with that being said, let's get into it. So a few days ago, I tweeted on my personal Twitter at so and so's, and I talked about how I had solved my first leak code problem. A little history about this. It was not my first time being on leak code. Typically, I would get really frustrated and, and I wouldn't even submit an answer. I just kind of left it and closed the website and that be that. But a few days ago, I did tweet that I actually solved a problem, and it was an easy problem, and that's where I need to start off with. I need to start off with easy problems, and the fact that I solved one, and I submitted it, and it was accepted was like an ah moment for me. So that was really exciting. Now, I think the issue with my tweet is that people assumed that I am A, bad at coding, B, bad at leak code, C, bad at studying, or D, all of the above, when in reality, I I pride myself on my problem-solving skills. Just my problem-solving skills alone is what got me into my coding boot camp, and that's what makes me a good software engineer, because at the end of the day, that's all we're doing in our day-to-day jobs is problem-solving on either smaller or large scales. So I have talked about this on Twitter, and I just wanted to be a little more transparent about it, but I was diagnosed with PTSD at the beginning of this year in January after having to take almost two months off for short-term disability leave um, because of how I was being treated um, by my manager at my last company. In the process, uh, really over the almost two years, Working there really fucked up my self-esteem across all spectrums, <laughs> and uh, it was obviously impacting me the most with my work in coding, which is where um, doctors determined that's where my PTSD was stemming from. It has taken me almost seven full months to get back to the point of being able to open an IDE or leak code and be able to work through a problem without stopping after maybe five minutes of just getting frustrated or anxious or just full-on crying or having a panic attack. I still have a really long way to go because, mind you, two weeks before I even tweeted about solving my leak code problem, I was still having anxiety and panic attacks and talking to my mentor about things of that nature, not really understanding how I was going to move forward, thinking about maybe I need to actually quit software engineering because I don't know if I can do it again. But at least now, I think that I can make it through the job hunt and the interviewing process, which is what I'm currently doing right now. However, I am digressing. This is about how to solve leak code, hacker rank, and really any problem that might crop up in coding, your job, life, maybe, 
whatever, let's get into it. So oddly enough, in this episode, there will be no resources because for total transparency, bitch, I am the resource of this episode. This is how I tackle problems. I did not Google anybody. I did not ask anybody any questions, okay? So let's get into it. Today's episode has been brought to you by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. I've been using it to reread a Song of Ice and Fire books by George R.R. Martin, and I'm so glad that I have the audiobook to get through them this time so I won't have to read the digital versions on my iPhone, like how I got through them the first time. Audible is giving Get Cute listeners a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. Yes, free. Just visit audibletrial.com forward slash get cute. Again, visit audibletrial.com forward slash get cute today for your free 30-day Audible trial. Now let's get back to the episode. So the number one thing that I do when I open leak code, I pick a problem, I approach it as if I were pair programming with somebody or actually prayer program with someone else. I think this way has actually gotten me into a better mindset for interviewing. It has helped me be able to toss my ideas back and forth because when you have ideas about solving a problem, You have to find the right words and the right terminology to get that across to the other person. Uh, This person that I did that with yesterday was my dear friend, Bob, who you met through my PC building episode. And he and I, we solve problems very differently, I believe. And so... (laughs) So the way I'm thinking, I have to explain it to him like, hey, you know, you do this here, da-da-da-da. And he'll be like... What do you mean? And that and that's the discourse that you're you need to have with somebody. Um, explain it to me like I'm five, but not in a condescending way. Explain it to me how I need to know to understand the material. And I think that's the best way to get through it. Second thing, take a deep ass breath because this is not life or death. Even though it feels like it, even if it's in a interview situation, everything is okay. Whether you solve the problem or not. It's not a big deal, I promise you. Just keep repeating that to yourself. Step three, break the problem down into small chunks and then iterable pieces. So I've noticed that most problems are worded really poorly on LeetCode, so it will take a couple of minutes to figure out what the person writing the problem actually wants. So this is where it gets into a good idea with your pair programmer because you can run your ideas past your pair programmer to see if you are correct in in the interpretation of the verbiage. And if you both agree on it, then you can move forward from there. And once that usually happens, I write down with our agreed interpretation of the problem in plain English for me on a notebook. Um, Another thing that I should note is that I usually solve and write my code um, in a notebook before I start coding or doing anything of that. Um, It's just easier for me. It helps me memorize. um, It helps me understand a little bit better than just fully typing it on a computer. Step four, figure out a brute force solution to the problem in plain English. Do not code. I think this is something that's so detrimental to us as software engineers is that you do not need to hop directly into code. You need to plan first. 
So what I do is I talk it over with my friend or my pair programmer. Uh, this will more than likely be a back and forth conversation, which includes the confines of the program, usually like return type, because that may involve some data structure changing and casting usually. Um, I really don't pay attention to time constraints normally. And by time constraints, I mean in this case, the amount of time they want you to solve the problem in, not the time constraint of which the program has to run and pass all the test cases, because obviously that needs to be met or else you can't submit it and it won't go green for you. Step five, code it. Okay, so this can be the really hellish part, but it's also a really fun part. Um, it's usually really fun because the language that you're completing and the challenge in will make it easier or harder for you. For instance, while my friend Bobby and I were solving the three-some integer problem on leak code, which I will link in the show notes below if you are interested in tackling that problem because please email me or tweet at me your solutions because I would love to see what y'all have done in Java, please, in Java. We realized on one of the test cases that we hadn't properly solved for duplicates. So this problem initially said, you need to find three integers in a list of arrays that bring you to the sum of zero. And you need to return the answers in a list of arrays, which makes sense since that is the data structure that you started off with, right? Yeah more Java. So what we noticed is that our Boolean flag was failing to always true and in a secondary if statement that we had. And we had no idea why it was defaulting to true always until we realized that the collection lists method of dot contains compares object references and not object values. Some of you are going to be like, oh my God, Jocelyn, that's so obvious. Well, you know what? Sometimes it's not obvious when you're not doing algorithmic problems in your day-to-day -day job. So it was a simple oversight on our part, but it really shot the comparator part of our algorithm solution in the foot, and we had to take an extra, I believe, 10 or 15 minutes to get that nailed down. Step six, refactor for efficiency. Once you have solved it and you have it passing all the test cases that leak code has is before you submit, now is when you can look at your algorithm and figure out where you could get some much needed time back or out memory allocation back. Do you need to have a for loop there? Is there another way to iterate over this without having it? Do you really need to iterate over it at all? Do you really need to have another data structure there allocating more memory than it's necessary? You cannot get better as a software engineer and as a coder if you can't look back at your work and make it better. No one writes great code on the first go. Uh, the code that Bobby and I wrote was absolutely horrendous on the first pass, but we got it down to about five clean lines of code in one method. And no, that is not a reference to Uncle Bob's book. We don't stand him in this house. We don't support you buying his book or whatever. I'm just saying clean code because it's easily readable. Take that as you want. Step seven, get through as many of them as you can in a day without stressing yourself out. Now, this is a slightly problematic take for me to have, especially because I don't agree with the grinding and mindset that a lot of people that are coming out of college or that are just trying to be hired at FANG companies and for people that don't know what Fang is, Fang are companies in the tech sector like Facebook, Airbnb, Apple, uh, God, what are the other ones? Google, Netflix. 
there's more now, but those are the five main ones. And so because that mindset is out there, because of the companies that are setting that mindset with their rigorous screening results, which I have talked about at length how that is a really bad way of gatekeeping and keeping people that are actually talented out and people that can just memorize algorithms in. Sorry, not sorry. I do think that it's good to keep your mind sharp and to keep your mind still going in that algorithm phrase. Um, I know it's really hard, especially when you get into a software engineer job and algorithms rarely come up like that in jobs, depending on what you're doing. I have been a software engineer in the financial sector for the better part of three years with four years total experience in the career field. And I'm telling you right now, on my day-to-day job as a Java engineer doing middleware, mm -mm, that (laughs) algorithms never came up. Nobody ever asked me to do a bubble sort at work. Just doesn't happen. With that being said, I think that maybe you should do one or two a day maximum maximum absolutely maximum um don't push yourself to do that if it makes you feel really anxious or you're just super uncomfortable honestly up until a few days ago it was zero i had tried to intermittently do them over the past couple of years and just could not wrap my head around it or find myself in a good space to attempt them but now just doing one easy problem maybe every other day gives you a sense of confidence that is absolutely paramount slowly build momentum i highly suggest going through the series of problems where entering one snowballs into another and grows in complexity as well so the other problem before the threesome problem was the twosome problem and so these problems build on top of each other and typically if you've solved the easy one solving the medium will be a little bit easier and solving the hard one will be a little bit easier from there it gives, it gives you a sense of confidence, just like do, practicing every day does when it comes to tackling the rest of them. As much as I disagree with how the tech industry currently conducts their technical screenings interviews, grinding leak code, hacker rank, and other algorithmic problem-solving sites is how you get the, your foot in the door to a lot of these forward-thinking, I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see me doing that, tech companies. If I, someone with PTSD, can manage to drag myself through this, I want you to think of how much I struggled and use me as a source of inspiration to get yourself through this as well. I do want to also remind you that there are companies out there that do not interview this way, and it might be worth the effort to find companies that do that because I do know that that's what I'm doing on my current job search as well well and you know you are more than your code and there are other companies out there that are not fang that will allow you to become a great software engineer as well i promise and that is the end of the episode as always if you have any questions comments or concerns feel free to email me at the get cute podcast at gmail.com or if you want to tweet at me instead that's fine my personal twitter is at so and so's and the get cute twitter is get cute podcast I am now actually accepting PayPal donations through the Get Cute Podcast website, which is getcutepodcast.com, or you could just directly donate to me at thegetcutepodcast at gmail.com through PayPal.
If you enjoyed this content, feel free to leave me a five-star review uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. Um, the reviews really help me a lot, and they drive me up the charts, and that would be so great if you could do that for me, thank, please, and thanks. I do have some news. The Black Lives Matter CSS shirt that was designed by James T. Green has officially ended. The sale of it has ended. And at the end of it, we have raised over $14,000 plus to be donated to various LGBTQIA plus charities. And I am so amazed that Tech Twitter has pulled together to do that. I knew we were a bunch of nerds that loved t-shirts, but y'all have really gone above and beyond to show that you appreciate the Black Lives Matter movement and I cannot thank you enough. I will of course keep you up to date if there are any other items or fundraisers available to donate through the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, this is still not over. We are still protesting and fighting against uh, police supremacy every single day. And I appreciate y'all supporting black Americans and also supporting me through this very hellacious time. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's the end of the episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, and I hope to see y'all next time. Bye.